This podcast is supported by Audible. To find out how you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for trying Audible, check out audibletrial.com slash lead. You're listening to Leader Lab. What do you think when you think of strategy? I was in a conversation one time with a senior leader of a, a large nonprofit organization, and they were wrapping up their yearly strategic planning effort. Now, they had a rather unique system for uh, strategic planning. Basically, every year they would write uh, their their five-year plan and then also set down some 10-year objectives for their organization. And what I thought was really interesting was behind me in that leader's office were binders and binders of the strategic plans for the year before. And when I asked, you know, how, how long does this whole process of developing a strategic plan uh, take? And she had told me that, you know, it, it took them uh, several months. They, they did it over the course of the summer. They began pretty much right after, um, you know, right as the summer began in, in May. Um, they began to do their research, et cetera. And when they came back kind of in the fall when things were getting back in the swing of things, uh, they kept they kept going. They kept analyzing. They looked at all of the results of their research, and and by mid fall, so after four or five months of some really really um, in depth research and planning, et cetera, they they had this um, binder. and And I asked her, you know, how how often have you looked? It's it's early spring now, and your strategic plan has been uh, printed and circulated. You've had it for several months. We're now several months into the year that you planned for. In fact, you're about to begin drawing up a plan for for next year. How often have you looked uh, at the strategic plan? And and she just pointed to the binder right back there and said, Oh no, I just file them away. Just have one one binder for each year that I've worked here. Um, and there were, I'll give her some credit. There were a lot of binders behind her, um, but it was a little bit of a, a depressing view of strategy to me. And and for too many different executives, I think strategy is this kind of routine planning process. You know, we've reduced it down to this just kind of system of analysis or or uh, when you don't want to run the analysis, you just kind of take your strategic objectives from the year before and maybe increase sales or increase revenue by uh, four or five percent. And then boom, that's your that's your new strategic plan for the year. Um, it really strategy can be kind of in, strategy beyond that can be kind of intimidating. You know, either it requires a, an infinite time commitment from several executives. I, it's not uncommon nowadays to have uh, chief strategy officers, which really, uh, to be honest, I think puts strategy in its place in an organization, but also uh, creates this sort of aura of strategy that makes it this really difficult to comprehend ideal for so many other people in the organization. And the other thing that can happen is that it's it's dumbed down too much and it's mistaken merely for an organizational um, vision. You know, I, I, I remember um, I once was talking to a... Um, an academic who wrote on strategy for a long time, they related to me a conversation they'd had once uh, where they had said uh, that they studied strategy to a, a significant corporate leader, and that person responded that our strategy is to be the best in our market. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting strategy, but 
just having an organizational vision, just having an idea for where you want the company to go, that's not really enough. So we really, um, we, we go down these one of two errors. Either we make it too heavy and make it take so long that by the time we have finished our strategic plan, we're ready to start researching the next one, or we make it a, a little bit too uh, light and fluffy, a little too visiony, a little too motivational, and not really um, strategic, for lack of a better term. This is one of the reasons I really enjoy the most recent work by Roger Martin and A.J. Laffley. Now, Roger Martin was the longtime dean at the Rotman School of Management. Um, before that, he was a consultant for the Monitor Group, which Monitor Group was the is the consulting uh, company founded by Michael Porter, this, this sort of godfather of strategy. Uh, and he co-wrote this newest book. It's called Playing to Win. He co-wrote it with A.J. Laffley, who was the former CEO of Procter & Gamble, longtime CEO of Procter & Gamble, really responsible for... Um, so many successful products that they have launched and so many strategic efforts that, that paid off in spades. Um, and they, they look at the kind of field of strategy literature and they, they understand how this can get either um, bogged down with too much analysis or how it can become a, a little too surface level, a little too motivational. And, and there are a myriad of strategic options that, that they recognize. You can try, you know, you run SWOT analysis, five forces model. Uh, you might even try uh, some, some of the newer works in strategy and go after a blue ocean strategy, et cetera. And what Roger Martin and A.J. Laffley really say is no matter what your strategy is, you can boil all of it down to two simple questions. Where will we play and how will we win? Where will we play and how will we win? And I love those two questions as almost an analysis, a way to check as to whether or not you're engaged enough or possibly even engaged too much in strategies. Do you have solid answers, understandable answers to those two questions that can be rolled out for uh, everyone in the organization? Can anyone in your organization answer these two strategy questions? Where will we play and how will we win? Where will we play is a, a, a phenomenal question that I think too many organizations don't think to ask. I think too often we run towards mass markets. We try and serve every single customer. Uh, we try and reach out and provide value to every single person, make everyone in the world a stakeholder in the organization, but, but no company can serve every single customer. So any strategic decision has to begin with who are the customers, who are the stakeholders that we're trying to pursue? Who, where are we trying to make an impact? Where will we play? And it starts out by deciding what industry that the organization is going to be in, but it also what markets they're going to compete in, what even what position in the market they are going to attempt to occupy. Um, and it's really uh, an important distinction. You know, Walmart, for example, it, it might seem like they're the ultimate mass market retailer that's trying to reach every customer. And while I'm sure they wouldn't turn anyone away, they've decided to pursue a very specific customer segment, and they don't mind alienating anybody who walks in and, and isn't looking for everyday low prices. If you're looking for outstanding customer service, if you're looking for kind of low prices on really quirky new funky fun merchandise that's not walmart walmart is everyday low prices and if you're looking for low prices on normal household products etc they are your target customer and if you're looking for something a little more upscale they don't mind you feeling a little dissatisfied they've chosen where they will play and they've done a fantastic job winning in that field and i think too often we embark on a strategic plan and we assume that Every industry is a possibility, and or or 
I think too often we embark on a strategic plan and we just assume that the industry we're currently in is the one we have to build a strategy for. We kind of assume this where will we play question is already answered and, and we're sort of stuck with it, but you always have a choice of, of where to play. You always have a choice of what markets to pivot into, where to go, or even, this is where that blue ocean idea comes in, or even you have a choice to say there are there's no one going after this market, it's underserved, and we are going to go after it, and we're going to decide to play in that new market, that new customer segment. Now, the other question that's important is how will we win? Depending on what field you've chosen to play in, what market you've chosen to go after, that will kind of decide how you will win in that field. You cannot just mimic the product offerings or the current marketing tactics of the established players in that field and hope to win. That's a surefire road to failure. Instead, you have to decide on a specific and differentiated plan to pursue a specific set of customers through different activities than your competitors are doing. Uh, A great example of this is the company Zappos. Uh, Zappos Zappos.com began as a shoe retailer. Now they sell a wide variety of um, objects. And they don't, even though they're an online retailer, and even though their parent company is Amazon.com, Zappos doesn't offer the lowest price on shoes or on clothing. It doesn't have to. Zappos chose to win by offering outstanding customer service. They differentiated themselves in the field of first shoes and now all sorts of clothing and accessories. They've decided that in those fields, they're not going to be the low-cost leader. They're going to be the customer service experience. So much so that Zappos actually instructs their customer service representatives to direct people to other online retailers if they call up looking for a specific product and Zappos is currently out of stock. What matters to them is that you remember that you had a great experience when you called Zappos, when you reached out for some help. And if they, Zappos believes, they're betting, their strategy for winning is that even if you bought from another company, you'll remember that Zappos experience and you will return. And because of that, Zappos is number one in customer service. And you could argue that if they were trying to be the low-cost leader while also trying to provide the best customer service, they might end up having to seed that first-place finish in one of those categories to a lower finish, a second-place, third-place, or maybe even not on the podium in both of those categories. So where will we play and how will we win? These are two incredibly important questions to ask. And what I love about these is these are questions that you can answer at any time in the life cycle of the organization. You are not stuck on a field. You are not stuck on a tactic. You can choose how you want to win. And ultimately, strategy is about choice. Now, the dangerous thing in these questions is they imply that once you answer these two questions, you have to stick with them. You cannot answer these two questions and still believe that you can pursue all markets and that you can copy all of your competitors' tactics. You make the choice to craft new differentiated answers to these questions. And if you do that, you are making the choice to win in strategy. Ultimately, there are a variety of tools for analysis. They are all great. Some are greater than others. But what I love about these two questions, these are the two questions that matter in strategy. Whatever strategic plan you develop, however many binders it fills, if it doesn't answer these two questions in strategy, then you're not crafting a strategy that will really work. (music) 